0: Hi, my name is Ava, and this is your truth for your 20s podcast with Mama. Peace. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Upward. Upward is a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. If that describes you, make sure you head over to the App Store and download the Upward app today. Deborah, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you
1: so much, Katie. It's always so good to join you on this podcast.
0: Yes. So Deborah has been here before and you guys loved her episode and I knew you would. She is the author of True Love Dates and has another book coming out, Are You Really Okay? Deborah? you have several books, right? Yeah, this is book number four. Book number four. Oh my gosh. And I was telling her before we came on, I have to like... Hold myself back from sharing every single quote <laughs> she puts on social media because it is so good. So, you're a licensed professional counselor, and I love your podcast, by the way, how you do like QA and yeah, relationships. Thank you. So I much goodness. It. Yeah, you are offering to the world. And I'm especially excited about this new book because the way you said it, I think it just just encapsulates it perfectly is healthy people make healthy relationships. Yes. So yeah, today I want to talk about how do you know if you're relationship ready? So tell me how, first of all, you got into counseling and what, well, I was going to say what you've learned along the way, but I'm sure that's a lot, but <laughs>
1: how we got into this book. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because I, my, my career, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I've worked in any, everything from psychiatric clinics to private practice, you know, so the past decade, I've just been in private practice seeing patients, but somehow in that time period, the Lord also turned me into author, blogger, speaker about relationships. And I didn't actually intend to go down the route of relationships because, you know, my specialty was everything from addictions to depression, anxiety but I just ended up seeing so many people, whether it be singles that were relationship struggling or married couples or pre-married, I mean, all different kinds of things. And so I started getting really excited about the subject and seeing changes happen, you know, people starting to live their relationships well, and it got me excited. So I started writing articles, which turned into books. So my first three books are relationship focus. And I would say like you just said my theme is that healthy people make healthy relationships because we attract people on our level of personal health. So so with that in mind, you know, I just felt led in this season to write a book about the healthy people part. Like if if we're saying healthy people make healthy relationships, I wanted to really zoom in on the healthy people part and Help the reader really figure out, like, am I healthy? What do I need to work on? What does health even look like, and how do I begin to tackle it? Because I think when you say becoming healthy, that can sound a little overwhelming. Like, where do you even begin? You know, I love everything about this. I when I do mentoring,
0: you know, one of the things that people often say is we kind of have this mentality. I don't know if you want to blame it on Disney or what, but like, uh. uh relationship is what I need for my happily ever after. Like if I just find the right person, then all my hopes and dreams will come true. But obviously you and I both know that's that's flawed thinking, but I'd love to hear your feedback on why that
1: is not the answer. Well, it's true. We, we have this false mentality that a relationship is somehow going to fill us up. You know, I think of it as like, let's just say that you are a cup and you're half full emotionally or, or spiritually. And so we go through life just wanting to find that other half, assuming that they're going to fill us up. And when you do find that person, you've got another half full cup, like they're half full, you're half full, you put them together. And all of a sudden you feel like you've got this full cup when really you actually still have two half empty people who are desperately trying to fill each other up and it doesn't work. You know, it might work for a few minutes, but we we who are married in long-term relationships know that that is not the answer to feeling whole. That is not the answer to having purpose and security. And we end up going into relationships with all this baggage, these emotional obstacles, our past trauma and wounds, and just things that are really preventing us from doing relationships well. But where does it start? Well, they come in and see me. We want some communication. We want to work on our communication. We want to work on our relationship. But really what they each need to work on is getting healthy, standing alone. And so for those of us who aren't yet married, that's the best place to begin. You know, if healthy people attract healthy relationships, well, then a huge part to the equation of finding somebody who is healthy, dating somebody in in, in a proper way, marrying well, a huge part of that is taking a step back and starting to work on myself standing alone. And so that's kind of the hope for this conversation is that people will say, okay, I need to take a step back and really take inventory of how I'm doing and what I'm dealing with, you know, how I'm really doing, not just how I present on social media, but how I'm really doing. This new book is called, Are You Really Okay? Because I think for so many people, it's easy to say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, post stuff on Instagram and you've got this, you, you, we learn how to paint this picture of how we're doing. Katie, you'll be interested to hear this, but there was a, a a devastating story about a 19 year old sorority girl who was truly like the star athlete in track, straight A student. She had posted this amazing picture of a Philadelphia sunset one night and a few hours later jumped off a nine-story building and took her own life. Oh my gosh. And nobody knew that she was struggling because we live in a world where you paint the picture perfect version of yourself that you want people to see on social media. You don't want people to know you're struggling with depression, anxiety, OCD, trauma, you know, past abuse issues, whatever it is, a a broken heart from a relationship. Like we don't want people to see that side of us. So we fake it for so long, hoping that all that junk will just dissolve and disappear, but it doesn't. And, and for those who don't end their life tragically, like this young woman did, it comes out in other ways. And usually it comes out in our relationships. Wow. So many wows. I have, first have to say
0: that when you opened up and talk about the cup, I was like, you're speaking to my heart over here, sister, because when I first became a Christian, I that was what was displayed to me. It was a woman at the well story and how she was basically trying to fill her cup with with men, with yeah. trying to be beautiful, with all the things, and, and her cup had holes in it. And mm. all of that was just temporary. So I love that that Um, analogy you gave and wow, and wow about the young woman. And that is tragic. And I, of of course that's terrible, but I love that you have this resource that you're just truly asking people the question that everyone says, how you doing? But you're asking, are you really okay?
1: Yeah. Are you really okay? The subtitle is getting real about who you are, how you're doing and why it matters. Because I really think it's time for us to get real. If anything, 2020 showed us yeah. that we've got some issues. Like it it exacerbated our issues even more, you know, it yeah. brought them to the surface. And I really am believing that 2021, if we so choose, can be the year of healing. Oh, say it louder, sister. Yeah. I know. Amen.
0: I heard it's like a, that year was like a pressure cooker that it, Well, it did, of course, create some problems, but a lot of problems were just underneath the surface that kind of came up and were exasperated in those crazy circumstances. Right. Um, Something you also said that I'd love for you to unpack is that we go into relationships as half cups, so to speak, and kind of thinking that that will fulfill our problems. I heard a quote one time that said, there's no such thing as marriage problems. There are single people problems in a marriage.
1: I love that. And it's so true. Yes. Okay. Talk to me about that. I mean, when people come in for marriage counseling, most of the time, actually, I would say all of the time, what I end up doing is separating them and seeing them individually for a period of time. Because if you think that your marriage is going to solve your childhood wounds, you're wrong. If you think your marriage is going to solve your proclivities toward anxiety or depression, you're wrong. If you think your marriage is going to solve your communication struggles, help you learn how to express yourself emotionally, you're wrong. All of that stuff has to be learned individually. Not saying we can't enter the healing process as a couple, but it's so much easier to engage in the healing process while I'm standing alone. So so really, we've got to back up and kind of take inventory of how healthy am I emotionally, how healthy am I spiritually. How healthy am I mentally and how healthy am I physically? And with physical health, when I unpack that in this book, I'm not just talking about, you know, your BMI, your blood pressure, your cholesterol levels. I'm talking about things like your boundaries. I'm talking about things like your ability to understand the body, the body, mind connection, You know, like there's so many deeper things to our physical health, your ability to to say no and kind of make sure that you're reserving your energy for the right things and the right people. So all of that is part of health, you know, and, and so really what I want to do through this new message is to guide the reader. I want to be like your therapist and help you unpack each of those areas, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus calls us to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's actually the reason I decided to write this book in four sections. Heart refers to emotional health. Soul refers to spiritual health. Mind refers to mental health. And strength refers to our physical health. Because if we're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength in this holistic way, We better believe that the enemy is also going to try and attack us in all of those four areas. I think oftentimes when we think of the enemy attacking, you know, Satan and, and, and just the darkness attacking our lives, we think of spiritually speaking, but how many of us are struggling with other aspects and we're not really taking inventory of those struggles. We're not moving toward healing. Yes,
0: I'm over here, like nodding my head like crazy. It's so good, <laughs> okay, so I think that everyone would agree too. you know, um if I'm dating, I'm single and I'm looking for a good guy, uh yes, a whole person sounds very attractive. It sounds wonderful, but really, you can't expect them, whoever them is that you may not know yet, to be working on themselves if we're not returning the favor, right? so how do you? become healthy? I mean, obviously there's a million different answers in different roads, but what are some suggestions you make to become this more holistic version to bring your best self to a future relationship?
1: Yeah. And, and first and foremost, not only should we not expect them to be working on themselves if we're not working on ourselves, but we're not even going to recognize healthy when we see it, if we're not healthy, you know, like our radar isn't going to be working and we're going to, We're not going to recognize healthy from unhealthy. That's why so many women are getting into bad relationship after bad relationship. They don't even recognize what's healthy and what's not. But when you begin to get healthy, all of a sudden, it's like your radar starts working again and you begin recognizing healthy people from unhealthy ones. So it actually changes the way that you do relationships. So, but back to your question, how do you actually get healthy? I mean... We've got to decide where we want to start, but let's just go ahead and start with emotional health because that's where I start the book is emotional health and really unpacking that. Like you said earlier, 2020 ended up bringing out a lot of things that were underneath the surface. And I like that phrase underneath the surface. I actually use it in one of the chapters because, you know, human beings were kind of like an iceberg. What you see on the surface isn't a reflection of all that's there. It's like an iceberg. There's so much more going on underneath the surface. Some of that stuff underneath the surface is all the emotions that we feel and experience on a regular basis. But you know, it's interesting. We're not wired to understand our emotions. We're not born with the capacity to be emotionally healthy and understand how we're feeling someone's got to teach us how to do it. You know, like you've got two girls at home and I have four kids at home and we have to begin the process of teaching them. Like you probably know this, but like when your kids are little, all of a sudden they feel like they have a temper tantrum, for example, because they want something or because they're tired or because they didn't get what they wanted or, or because they feel hurt, but, but they're, They're not able to say, mommy, I'm feeling hurt right now. And that's why I'm about to have a temper tantrum, you know, like they don't even recognize what they feel. They just know they feel something and it explodes like a volcano. Yeah. But what's interesting is if we don't begin helping them unpack that stuff as young kids, they end up becoming adults who don't know how to unpack that stuff, you know? And people know some of them. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. People know some of them. Some of us might even be some of them where it's like, I don't know how to express my emotions in a healthy way. You know, are you able to identify all the things that are going on underneath the surface? The frustration, the hurt, the pain, the embarrassment, the insecurity, like all those things that are going on underneath the surface, beginning to identify them is the first step. But then the next step is beginning to express them in a healthy way. Because if we don't deal with all of these underlying emotions that we feel on a regular basis, the stress, you know, the heartbreak, whatever it is, it'll eventually find the point of least resistance and make its way to the surface like a volcano. All of that pressure begins to build until we explode. And sometimes that emotional explosion for some people could look like messed up relationships. For other people, it could come out through panic attacks or anxiety. For other people, it could come out through withdrawal, like you just isolate, withdraw, become depressed. You know, like there's different ways that these things come out for different people. But the key is starting to understand and take inventory of what's happening underneath the surface. What am I really feeling? And how do I begin to handle these feelings in a healthy way? And that's kind of What I want to teach you through the emotional health section is how to identify those emotions and then what to do with them. Because for each person, it's going to look a little different based on what they're feeling. Y'all
0: know Jesus-loving young couples are the chai tea to my latte, which is why I'm so excited to partner with Upward Dating app. It's a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. I'm so passionate about helping you define what matters. And most girls I mentor say the number one non-negotiable as it relates to dating is having a shared faith, which is very, very good and so important. So my friends, here is my wish for you. Number one, understand the incredible love Christ has for you. Fall head over heels with the only man who can truly complete you. His name is Jesus. Number two, love that beautiful girl staring back at you in the mirror and the incredible masterpiece that God made you to be. And number three, go download the Upward Dating app and walk with clear intentions into a healthy, Jesus loving relationship. By the way, please DM me the wedding pictures. This just kind of came up a random thought, but. I heard a quote one time that says, feelings are leaves, meaning sometimes they're huge and they overcome the tree, so to speak, and that's all you see, but they come and go, right? As the seasons come and go and feelings feel very strong, but are temporary.
1: What do you think about that? (laughs) I think that's really true. I think feelings can guide us, but they shouldn't lead us, you know? Feelings are not always able to be trusted. We can't always trust our feelings. We have to recognize them and understand them, but we have to realize that sometimes they can't be trusted. And one of my favorite parts of that section of the book was unpacking the emotions of Jesus. He had so many emotions and he had agony. He had anger. He had sadness, you know, grief. He had joy but what was beautiful was just seeing how he responded to those feelings and, and kind of doing that little study was just so eye-opening, but especially is when he was at the Garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating blood and water, you know, like he, it was just, he was just, there was literal blood and it was because his fight or flight system was so on high alert. Like he was Really struggling, and his feelings were telling him, Get out of here! Like you're in danger. But even so, he learned that his feelings can't always be trusted. And what did he do instead? He cried out to God and said, God, your will be done. Like he knew that his feelings couldn't be trusted, but his God could be trusted. And that's where part of being emotionally healthy is for us to learn that we can't let our feelings control us. We have to be the ones that lead our feelings. We have to be the ones in control of them. And just because we feel something doesn't make it true. And learning to recognize the the voice of false feelings, you know, like there's a whole process to that. I understand. I'm probably making it sound so simple, but I I want to guide people into recognizing that sometimes the things they feel are not true. And sometimes the things we feel are actually rooted in past experiences and past wounds and past hurts and things we've got to begin uncovering so that we can get healthy. Yes. One of my just things that irks me is when I see people,
0: oh well, follow your heart. I know. Right. I'm with you. <laughs> and and that's not biblical. It might sound cute on a t-shirt or something, but <laughs> <laughs> the heart is deceitful above all things, is yes. biblical. And so don't follow your heart, follow Jesus, I think is what
1: you basically were just saying. And that's because that's not going to lead you astray. Right, exactly. And and learning to recognize the voice of insecurity, the voice of anxiety, the voice of depression, you know, all of these voices that sometimes we mistake for our voice, sometimes we mistake for God's voice. When God's voice looks and sounds different. So learning to to understand healthy messages from unhealthy messages that are going on in our brain, you know. So there's just so much we could unpack there, but yeah. I would say even just learning to take inventory of your emotional health. And
0: um, I'm thinking out loud here, but maybe perhaps a practical way at, that I've heard said: when you hear a feeling, so to speak, or a negative thought, or like this "oh my gosh" thing going on in your brain, identifying it is basically what, what you're saying, right? And then it kind of loses
1: its its legs.
0: It, identifying can't a it. Scary monster.
1: And replacing it with truth, you know, a lot of times we've got to speak truth over yeah. those feelings that we feel and and just stay grounded to recognize that my feeling is real, but it's not always true. And so one thing that I, you know, we talk you're talking about practical things. I don't know exactly when this episode is gonna release, but the the exciting thing that my publisher is doing for this book is for anyone who pre orders it, not only do you get the free audiobook but you also get a free journal. And that's one of my favorite parts because the journal has these really important reflection questions for each chapter and space to write and reflect, space to begin writing over some of those lies with truth. And just basically the questions that you need to ask yourself the whole way through because journaling is actually proven to be a route toward healing you know they, there was a study that they did where people who were struggling with extreme anger they they split them up into two groups the control group and then the other group and they asked them to write how they were feeling and the people who wrote out how they were feeling actually showed a decrease in their biometric response what i mean by that is their heart rate decreased their blood pressure decreased their breathing leveled out just from writing out what they were feeling versus the other group who did not have that opportunity, their anger levels remained high and their physical response remained high. So just by writing things out, there was significant decrease in emotional distress. And so journaling has truly been proven to be a part of figuring this stuff out, putting it on paper, naming it, processing it. And that's why we're including this free journal, because I feel like it's an important part of getting real about who you are and how you're doing. Oh, that's good. Well, we'll make
0: sure it comes out so they can get their hands on that. The release date is May 18th. So as long as they can order pre-order before yeah, then, correct? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that they, they can hear this episode and get their hands on that journal. That got me so excited. I, I journal not every day, but it is something I love and have noticed when I'm in the habit of it. I'm like there's something to this
1: magic right here. 100%. And, and the website to get all your freebies is areyoureallyokay.com. So it's exact title as the book, areyoureallyokay.com. Go get all your freebies.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. And one of the things you have as you promoted it, and I love this kind of way of thinking, but you says, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're healthy. And that's good and that's powerful, and that's something that's not talked about in the church. And you know, even I was just like, Don't you know, we can't listen to this lie of follow your heart, you have to follow Jesus. And one thing that's true, there's a lot to unpack there. So yeah. I'd love for you to kind of like, you know, talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, I think so many times when we think about health, we focus on spiritual health, and we assume that when we come to Jesus, all of this other stuff is just magically going to go away. Yeah, our past trauma. Our anxiety, depression, but we don't view life in that lens when we talk about our physical health. You know, nobody would say, Oh, I'm a Christian. So now my blood pressure is perfect and my BMI is perfect. And if I was diabetic, I'm no longer a diabetic. Like we would think you were a little loony, you know? Yeah. But why do we approach it that way when it comes to our emotional and mental health? Why do we assume, Oh, now that I'm a Christian, I'm good to go. Like we've still got work to do in those areas as we're becoming more like Jesus, as we're pursuing healing one layer at a time. You're not just going to be mentally and emotionally healthy. It's a process. And I think sometimes we focus so much on spiritual health, but we neglect the other aspects of health. And so that's kind of what I mean by just because you're Christian doesn't mean you're healthy. We got to stop assuming health. And start actually pursuing it, taking those steps toward it. Yes, girl, preach.
0: Um, okay, I don't have any. I don't have any more questions. I kept coming up with questions, but I don't know what
1: to say right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else do we want to talk about? Um, maybe anxiety and all that stuff. You kind of mentioned that.
1: Yeah, you know, I would love to camp out there a little bit too, because for me, this book isn't just a message from a counselor to my readers, I have been through the sting of depression and anxiety myself. You know, the the first sentence of the book in the introduction is, you're not as healthy as you think you are, okay? So I call people out. But in chapter one, the first sentence is, I never expected to have a panic attack on a safari bus. And I talk about my personal journey with panic. And I I went through my own personal trauma a few years ago. I was pregnant and I lost the baby, but not only did I lose the baby, while I was getting a routine checkup, I started hemorrhaging. Uh-huh. And hemorrhaging is basically when you just start bleeding out of control. And I was minutes away from losing my life because I was losing so much blood. And so they rushed me to the emergency room, and I had to have this like emergency surgery. I was all by myself. It was really just kind of an unexpected trauma. And just processing the loss, but also processing the fact that I literally almost died, you know, that can really mess with your head. But when you go through trauma, you are in survival mode. You're, you're, Your goal is to just survive. Your body is on high alert and it just needs you to get through. So I didn't actually feel the effect of that trauma right away. A couple years later though, when everything was calm and my world was very normal, all of a sudden my body started having these panic responses to the most random things. Like maybe I would feel a little dehydrated and my body would start to think, oh no, this is another emergency. Like this wasn't consciously happening in my head. But there's a part of your brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala is responsible for emotional memory. It remembers those deep emotions. So my amygdala remembered, "Oh my goodness. You almost died last time you felt this. You better like protect yourself." So my body would go into fight or flight mode. My heart would start to race. I would feel like I couldn't breathe. Like I literally would have these panic attacks that were actually stemming from my trauma many years ago, but I didn't make that connection right away. I thought there might be something wrong with my body. You know, when, for those who've ever had a panic attack, you know, it feels like you're about to die. Like you literally think you're going to die. But for me, that's when this stuff got real it's one thing to be a counselor and help people through panic attacks. And I had, I had been through depression off and on, but you know, it's one thing to help people through that stuff. It's a whole other thing to go through it yourself. And for me, it was that the process of unpacking what's happening here. What is this? You know, this is a panic attack and, and getting myself plugged into counseling, getting myself hooked up with the medication that I needed in that season to begin unpacking that trauma, to begin dealing with some of those loose ends. And so for those of you who might be dealing with panic attacks, like I'm not just preaching to you. I'm speaking to you as a person who's been there, done that, and I feel for you. And I want to help you know that this struggle that you're currently in is temporary. And there are things that you can do To alleviate. There are things you can do to get to the root of the mental health struggles that you're going through right now. So this message is more than just a message from a counselor. This message is personal for me and just so close to my heart. So I can't tell you, Katie, I'm so excited to, you know, to think and hope that maybe God could use my own personal pain to help people who are going through this find healing.
0: I know they will because everything you write and put out into the universe, I want to wear on a t-shirt and walk around town because I think that <laughs> everything you it's just brilliant and concise and simple and and complex. Like the amygdala girl, actually you just blew my mind because this is maybe this is crazy, but I had a panic attack in a hot yoga class years ago. Yeah. And it was like It was a hundred and something degrees. People were inches away from each other on the mat. There was like no windows. I I was freaking out. I don't, I get headaches anyway, when I get overheated and I'm like, why am I here? I'm going to pass out. This is awful. I willed myself to go through that class, had a migraine the next day. It was awful. I have found myself more than once years later, finding myself in an exercise class, starting to feel that, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Mm. like freak out. And I have to be like, You're not in a hot yoga class, like you're gonna be okay. Like, and one time I I jetted out, went to the bathroom and like washed my face because I was but it's true. Everything you said, just I had not heard that before and it made perfect sense. And I feel like that's probably gonna help a lot of other people because I'm sure we're not the only ones. I
1: know it. And and that's just I'm I just skimmed the surface there. There is so much to learn about the amygdala and what's happening. And I unpack that a lot more in the book. But Katie, here's my two cents for you as a therapist. Yeah. I wonder if it's even deeper than the hot yoga class. You know, I wonder if there's some sort of underlying trigger that you might not have even recognized that even came out in the hot yoga class, like something that needs to be unpacked a little bit more, mind a little bit more. Like, where did, why did you even have that response, you know, in the yoga class? Just a thought, because I feel like the amygdala it's almost like a, a tree. It's almost like a string of Christmas lights. It lights up in the present, but usually the lights are connected to something in the past. Hmm.
0: I bet it's because I am a extreme achiever, Enneagram three, like to a fault. And I, the reason I willed myself to do that is because I was with a friend who she loved hot yoga and she was better at me than yoga. And by golly, I wasn't going to be... You know, and there's probably even more like a keep digging childhood. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot there. One of these days we'll dig through it
1: <laughs> together. We'll mind. Can I go sit on your couch for a little bit? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't have a couch. I do have two chairs.
0: Good. And speaking of which, I always tell people, and I think that we've done a lot of progress in, in our today's culture, but to stop the stigma of counseling. Yes. Because I am convinced even if you grew up with the most healthy of backgrounds, you can always benefit from some time with a counselor.
1: 100%. And I know I'm a counselor, so I am biased, but it has changed my life just learning about counseling and practicing it, but then also experiencing it myself during these dark times in my life. But I will tell you this, one way that I challenge people to reframe counseling, a lot of times they see it as I'm sick and going to the doctor and nobody wants to go to the doctor and admit they're sick. But let's see counseling like going to the gym. You're going to get a workout. You are going to strengthen your emotional and mental muscles so that you can be ripped in that area. Nobody shames us for going to the gym. It's like, good job. High five. Good for you going to get a workout, taking care of your body. What if we were to see counseling in that same way? Like high five. You are going to get a workout of these important muscles of your emotional health, your mental health you're getting healthy, you're staying on top of it, you know, like what if we could reframe it? Maybe it would make it a little easier to kind of just go for it. That's good stuff. That is
0: good stuff. Um, and I just want to go back to like relationships as you talk about like framing a healthy way of living and a healthy, whole holistic human being. And I know we talked about this a little bit, but is there a way to kind of overlook at your life to know that you're relationship ready. Like I don't expect there to be a checklist, but are there kind of some signals to tell yourself and to see that you are relationship ready?
1: Yeah, there are actually are. So, so as you're going through this journal journaling activities, you're going to have to confront a couple things. You're going to have to confront your emotions like we just talked about. So I won't go back into detail with that, how healthy you are, how you're expressing them. Are they overtaking your life? You're going to have to confront the health of your thought life. You know, what are you thinking about yourself? What are your beliefs about yourself, your identity? What kind of thoughts do you struggle with throughout the day? What are your mental filters? Are they negative mental filters or positive ones? We'll dig deep in your thought life because that's a reflection of how healthy you are. We'll dig into your behaviors. What do you do? with your life and time? Like, are you just vegging on Netflix all the time, like trying to escape? Are you struggling with pornography? Are you struggling with acting out sexually? You know, are you struggling with eating or an eating disorder or you're an unhealthy relationship with food? Like what do your behaviors? Tell me about your health. And lastly, your interactions. What do your interactions tell me about how healthy you are? Are your relationships marked by drama, 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 everywhere (sighs) you go? Because if that's the truth, then you're likely the factor. You're likely the common factor. It's you, you know, drama, drama, drama. Like I need to step back and say, why am I perpetuating a toxic cycle? Why am I perpetuating an unhealthy cycle of relationships? So your emotions, your thoughts, your behaviors, and your interactions – all help me gauge how healthy you really are. Mm, That's
0: good. And then, like you said, getting in a healthy place in all of those areas is the best gift you can bring to a future relationship. It is. It is the
1: best gift. And the work that you're doing on yourself is never in vain. Like, even if you don't get married ever, even if you don't get married for five years, for one year, two years, this work not only increases the quality of your life, but it increases the joy of your life. It You live life abundantly like Jesus yeah. calls us to, but it also impacts the health of all your other relationships with your family, your friends, your coworkers, like the world around you. It's the work that you do on getting healthy is not in vain. Oh, that's so true. I'm picturing people. I know that, you know, um,
0: harbor unforgiveness or whatever it is. And like like you said, it is never in vain to to deal with that junk. Get the junk out of the trunk.
1: Yeah. Get the junk out of the trunk. Deal with that baggage. We all have it. And the people who s- stop and say, I don't think I have any, they're the ones that scare me the most. Yeah. Red flag. Because they're unaware. You know, if you think you've made it, if you can say, Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good to go. You actually scare me the most because it tells me that you're not really aware of what's going on underneath the surface because there's no such thing as reaching perfection. There's no such thing as achieving perfection. So we've always got to be working on the next layer of healing. Oh, so
0: good. And all of the listeners need to go work on that next level of healing with this awesome journal that you're giving if they pre-order. So that's
1: areyoureallyokay.com, right? Yep. Is it OKAY, okay A-Y, that? or just OK? Just OK. Are you really okay.com. It's kind of confusing because that's the book website. My website is TrueLoveDates.com with all the relationship advice and you know all of that stuff. But the actual book website is are you really okay.com. That's where you get all the bonuses and sign up for the freebies.
0: Well, either way, you have a ton of great offerings on the interwebs and, but I think this journal, I'm like so excited about it. I'm going to go get me one too, because I think Yay. that's incredible.
1: Yes. I'll shout
0: it out on the social medias.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I, I can't wait to see, you know, and hear your perspective too, as you go through it, Katie. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, tell
0: everyone else besides that, how they can find you on social, your podcast, all of that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So truelovedates.com is the main website that you can find me. And my handle at Instagram is also truelovedates. Um, it's named after my first book, but the theme of healthy people make healthy relationships is kind of in everything that I do. And then my podcast is called Love and Relationships with Deborah Falada, So you can find that anywhere you get your podcast. It's a hotline style show. People call in with questions and I answer them. Uh, Deborah,
0: I, I know I said it before, but literally you guys, <laughs> everything she posts on the web, the, everything, the podcast, the world is nuggets of wisdom. And you will, you will be so thankful you hit follow. If you go check her out.
1: Oh, thank you, Katie. And thank you for what you are doing for women in their twenties. Like this is such an important age. This is the age of really getting firm in your identity and who you are and what God is calling you to do and how healthy you are. Like your twenties is the season to invest in yourself, you know, yeah. because the fruit of that will be long lasting. So I'm so grateful that you have such a heart for this demographic and I'm so grateful for what you're doing.
0: Ah, uh, thanks friend. It's so fun. Well, thanks for to have you as an incredible resource to point them to, because they will not regret all of the wisdom you offer on the world. <laughs> Thank
1: you, Katie. Appreciate
0: Thanks, it. Sister. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the truth for your twenties podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Wollmer life. So I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your Twenties over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your Twenties and come join the party. Special thanks to Upward for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you go check them out in the App Store.